What is up, everybody? Thank you for checking out a new episode of the Babacoa Core podcast. I'm your host, Patrick C. Huerta. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for checking it out. Do me a favor, and however you listen to this, whether it's uh, CastBox or SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, Google Play, however you listen to uh, your podcast, this podcast, just please uh, subscribe to the channel and uh, so we can boost the numbers. And that will help, really help me out uh, in the long run. Uh, share, uh, listen, subscribe, and help out the podcast. I do appreciate that. Um, uh, follow us on Facebook. Uh, Facebook. Uh, the, the Facebook page is the Babacoa Core. On that page, I uh, post updates or any shows or any projects. Uh, that my my guests, past guests, any any guests that I've had on the podcast, uh, whatever they have going on, I like to share on that page. Uh, so that'll keep you in the know of what they have going on, whether it's a show or a project or, uh, you know, a release, a music, uh, film, uh, anything like that. Follow us on Facebook, Babacoa Core. Uh, I appreciate that as well. Uh, you can follow me on uh, Instagram or Twitter at Real PC Huerta um, if you want to keep up to what I got going on. And uh, yeah, so on this episode, I sat down with a local comedian, uh, Drew Blues, uh, local uh, San Antonio co- uh, comedian, uh, young up and coming comedian, uh, sketch comedy uh, uh, comic. And, uh, yeah, so I've seen him around town. He does a lot of hosting. I've seen him at the open mics. Uh, really cool dude. Very funny. Uh, silly character, but he's a f- cool dude. Very uh, funny, entertaining. And uh, he, so he does have a few shows coming up uh, this month, October. He will be at the uh, Laugh Out Loud. Oh, I'm sorry. He'll be at the uh, River, City, River City Improv on ten uh, sixteen. And he'll also be there at River Center on uh, 1023 this month. Uh, but you can find him on uh, Instagram, uh, DrewBlues1024. Uh, and I'll list all his information on the show notes. Uh, so you can follow him on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, get to know when you can catch him uh, at his upcoming shows. Uh, yeah, that was it. We did have some techno- technical difficulties on this one. I have a bad cord on my mic, uh, so you might hear some crackling going in and out. Also, I just realized, too, that the card uh, ran out of space towards the end. We were about to wrap up, uh, and then at the end, it just just stopped. So you don't get to hear the sign-off. Hopefully, uh, you got his November dates, because he did uh, talk about his November dates. But if not, uh, follow him on Instagram and uh, Twitter and Facebook uh, so you can know what's going on with him. Also follow uh, face, uh, Facebook, the Babacoa Core page, and I'll be posting any shows that he has coming up uh, when I find out about those. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that's it. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Uh, like, share, subscribe, and, uh, yeah, enjoy it. Yeah, 
Testicle difficulties. <laughs> All right, we are rolling. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the episode, Drew Blues. What's going on, man? I'm doing good, brother. How you doing today? Good, man. I keep wanting to call you Joe Blues because there's this bar right here at Blue Star. Yeah. Joe Blues. Joe Blues. So I'm like, Welcome, Joe Blues. I mean, Drew Blues. Dude, that would make me sound so fucking manly. Hey, how you doing, boss? <laughs> My name is Joe Blues. So, local comedian. I've seen you a couple of times. Uh, and your month is pretty busy. You got a couple of dates. You had, you did one on uh, the third. Actually, that one got canceled. Unfortunately, man, I had oh. to prom- like we couldn't promote it. You know, soon enough. It, well, that was kind of my fault a little bit. You know. Oh, okay. Yeah, you mostly have to you know, kind of promote with those things too, dude. Yeah, uh, but you have a couple more. You have one on the sixteenth. Mm-hmm. Where's yes. that one at? That's gonna be at River Center. I'm pretty excited about that. I'm be hosting that one. Uh, I think the headliner is Danny Engel. Oh yeah, yeah, man. That's cool. Great comic. Uh, you should go out, man. Sure, I'll give you some comp tickets. Take you and your old lady. Cool. I'll try to check it out. And oh, yeah, then uh, the twenty third again. You have another show. I do, man. Where's that one at? That one's at River Center too. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to get more work at River Center because it's a good it's a good club. I love the club. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's a little bit different from Laugh Out Loud because I started at Laugh Out Loud. That was my first comedy club. Yeah. I just kind of wanted to branch out a lot more, you know. Oh, that's cool, man. So, yeah, let's get into it, man. Like, how, how long have you been doing uh, stand-up? I've been doing stand-up. Oh, when I moved to Austin, I've been doing uh, two years, actually, uh, improv uh-huh. and sketch. Uh-huh. Learning just how my craft and stuff like that. I've been in Austin doing that, and then it's three years stand-up. Three years? Mm-hmm. So, you, were, you started in Austin. Yeah. And then you, what brought you back to San Antonio? I had started in San Antonio before, man. It's just I thought Austin was like the, the hub of comedy, you know? It's yeah. just... A lot of people go out there. A lot of people perform comedy and stuff like that. So I went out there. I, just right after I graduated, no fucking money. Yeah. The car, which was a piece of shit car, broke down when I got over there. Oh, just shit. Went out there, kind of bummed around for a couple of days and got me like a, that, that little small garage, dude. And uh-huh. I've just been killing it, dude. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy, man. Like people think of uh, Austin, they think the music capital of the world. I didn't realize that they had a big uh, comedy scene until like I saw like the Moon Tower uh, Festival. I saw that, yeah. And then uh, I think they just had like the, another festival that they just had the Altercation Fest. Uh, That's a new one, isn't it? Or has it? Been I, it's not, I mean, they're all new to me. I mean, Moon Tower I found out uh, like a couple years ago. Right. But the Altercation Fest, I don't know how old that one is. I, I heard it's been around for a while, but I, this is the first year I'm hearing about it. You know. Yeah. Uh, but just uh, you know, meeting new comics and stuff, they talk about uh, the Austin comedy scene. Yeah, I was like, oh shit, I didn't realize that there was an Austin comedy scene. So that's that's pretty cool. Uh, and then you were doing sketch up there, like yeah. sketch, it's like so improv. I, yeah, so I started off with the new movement. I don't know if it's on Lavaca Street in Austin, right, right in the heart of downtown, dude. Did uh-huh. Picking uh, classes out there, I got a job over there too. Uh-huh. Met cool cats, you know. <laughs> I saw my first cocaine bump. It was crazy. I love that comedy club. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of life experiences, man. At the comedy club, that's at, where you saw your cocaine bump. That's my my first cocaine bump. That was at the New Movement, not, not Cap City. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. That's that's crazy, man. It's like, kind of like a, like a small bar, kind of like how Blind Tiger was, man. Oh yeah, yeah, man. So you're part of that too. You you do a lot of work at the Blind Tiger. Uh, not as much. Uh, I respect what they're doing. Just I don't go out there a lot more because I'm doing uh you know work for the comedy club stuff like that, dude. Yeah. I kind of want to get into that though a little bit more. That's cool. I mean, it's it's a cool place. I really like it. Uh, it is. I mean, for me, it's kind of far, but uh, I mean, every Friday they have a show going on. Yeah, and man. They have secret shows, special guests, all that stuff. I know. Even headliners from the comedy club sometimes go by there. It's crazy. Yeah, dude. yeah. Like, uh, uh, shit. I'm drawing a blank now. The guy that opened up. One of the guys that opened up for Polly Shore. Oh, Frank. Uh, yeah, yeah. Frank, Frank Castillo. That's right. That's right. Uh, he he came in. He came by Jokesters this past Thursday. 
And he did like a surprise, uh, you know, a surprise set there. No shit. Yeah, uh, it was pretty good. And then I saw he posted uh, that he was there at the Tiger. Yeah, I guess he did a, a surprise set there too. Oh yeah, he's a cool dude, man. Yeah, he's man, really, he's really, really cool. funny. He say, I was like, hey, how, how's it uh, hanging out with Polly Shore? He goes, oh, it's a blast. He keeps you on your toes all the time, but you learn a lot of things from him, dude. Yeah. Uh, it was cool seeing him too because I had just heard his podcast. Uh, Comedy Central did a podcast with him because he was the uh, season two roast battle champion. See, is that a new show? Has it been around for a while? The roast battle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think it's been. I mean, well, they, season two. I don't know uh, if they have any more than that. But they had just posted that uh, his episode. Right. They right, right. they brought him on like, oh, you know, what's been changed? What's different now? And all yeah. that stuff. And he's been blowing up since since then. That's crazy. He he's also roasted Polly Short the show too. Man. Oh yeah, yeah that was great. Oh, one of the jokes was because you know how Polly Short dresses. He dresses like somebody's gay uncle. You Does know? he still dress like that? Yeah, dude. Oh, okay. Nobody can change the weasel, bro. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I was oh man, I, he's so standoffish, which I can understand. He probably meets like a hundred people a day. Like yeah. this is like the first headliner that I've never had like a like a two two minute conversation with. Yeah. I was like, hey, what's up, Polly? He goes, hi, bro. It kind of just walks off. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. You're busy, I guess. Well, he meets hundreds, thousands of people a year, you know, so yeah. it's kind of hard to deal with him, like, face-to-face uh, on a daily basis and shit. Yeah, dude. But, hey, honestly, I want to. I kind of want to hear what he learned about, because he was telling us, I guess he was telling the whole audience that Mitzi Shore, of course, uh, founded the comedy store, yeah. stuff like that, and then yeah. he got babysat by Sam Kinison, yeah. Robin Williams, you know, Louis Anderson. Oh, <laughs> he said a Louis Anderson kind of breastfed him as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably something he didn't want to, to tell anybody but he uh, pulled out a hair afterwards like, <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy so you get to meet a lot of people you do a lot of hosting uh, jobs then huh i just barely started actually this year i actually hosted for uh, tommy davidson that was my first oh, first yeah. hosting gig yeah man so that's cool man yeah i love it uh, mostly i work the door which is good because uh, that's how you like kind of meet a lot of people in the in the business you know mm-hmm. i like it you know it's not that not that extensive. Yeah. Just seating people, and then you get to enjoy a comedy show at the end, you know? Yeah. So no, I hear that's how they do things. Like, they, you do the open mics, and they do showcase, and then he asks you, you know, if you could help out, you know, on the weekends and all that stuff. And it's good to network, good way to network, and, you know, oh, show yeah, them man. that you're interested, show them that, like, you're, you're down or whatever. Fuck yeah, dude. So that's cool, man. Uh, so the sketch comedy, like, uh, are, you, are you doing that here? Are you part of the improv groups here? Like, the bare stage, they have the sketch? Well, actually, uh, it's funny as you mentioned. I'm just I'm barely getting a show together. Actually, with a friend of mine from high school, and I just get barely got a director. Oh yeah, yeah. It's called uh, and now for something completely weird, kind of like a pun on uh, now for something completely different from Monty Python. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I like it. It's pretty cool. We're gonna do nothing but bizarre sketches, kind of sketches that make you say what the fuck did i just watch yeah kind of make them uncomfortable a little bit there you go man that's that's what i want to do like gauge a reaction off people you know Uh what i'm saying because i think that's where you get your the the most genius from you know from from a sketch so that's what that's what you first started with that's that's where you draw your influence from like monty python and stuff like that monty python actually so when i was about about 10 i used to bounce around between my mom and my dad my mom and my dad and of Uh course both of them work so they used to leave with my grandparents Uh my grandpa went to chicago like in 1975 the the first year of snl and he had recorded all these tapes all these damn tapes and i just i was rifling through the boxes at 10 and i found these tapes i was like what the hell is this it was the first season of snl i saw john belushi take his first tumble and ever since then i was like that's the power a fat guy can do he can make people laugh he can influence the world he can control everything in the room Wow, that's crazy. You saw the first episodes mm-hmm. and not on YouTube, the actual VHS. The actual VHS, where they had the old commercials, you know what I'm saying? Like, coming soon, Shaft. Yeah. 
That's crazy, man. Do you still have those tapes? I do. Yeah, yeah. They're still with me. That's crazy. They're in man. storage, dude. Ugh. Like, you you got to take them out. You got to make sure that you put them like in a, a temperature controlled uh, area. Hell yeah, dude! I'm I'm planning on putting it on my shrine to SNL, and I'm this is how dedicated I am. I said it would be a smart purchase last year, and I bought me a cardboard cutout of both Tommy about Chris Farley and John Belushi. Yeah, yeah, cardboard cutouts like <laughs> life size. I have a lot of girls that came by the house. They're like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> Actually, no. One of the girls slapped John Belushi because she turned on the light and like it was like run, right in front of her. She was like, "Ah!" Yeah, it's a, it could be a bit startling, I guess. It's dedication, man. I like that, dude. They they change the world, you know, comedy one one day at a time. I'm hoping they do the same thing, dude. Yeah. So you got introduced to sketch, and then that's what you started off with. And I then did, man. What made you decide to just to do like the stand up? Stand up. Okay, so uh, I did talent shows here and there, wrote, like little sketches here and there, but I couldn't ever go to the comedy club because that was before the whole eighteen and up rule. You know, I had mm-hmm. to be twenty one and up to go to the bar. Yeah, I used to love it, dude. I wanted to go perform, and I was playing football at the time. I was like, God damn it, this is boring. So fucking boring. I'm I'm bench warmer. I can't do this. I want to do. <laughs> I want to make people laugh. This is what I did. I was a class clown. Yeah, I used to. It first started, honestly, because I wouldn't take anything seriously at all, dude, in the yeah. football team. I was a football, and I used to make fun of the coach because he got, like, really serious for a moment where he's, like, comes into the locker room. Yeah. We got to learn how to play, all right? We got to <laughs> do the knock shit down. And I would just laugh. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? They're not going to make a movie about you. Yeah. He goes, you're not serious about football? I'm like, no, I'm not. I want to do comedy. So <laughs> starting I turned 18, I went to go do my first set at Laugh Out Loud, actually. At 18? Mm-hmm. Fucking shit. How'd that go? I was on there for about a minute and a half. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, you just walked off? I walked out. I was like, I don't know what to say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like, you could write all you, all, like, you write down. You're like, oh, I got it. And then once you got on that stage, get on that stage and shit, it's a whole different story. And I had done talent shows before, but I, there's something about, like a, like, a comedy club crowd, you know? Yeah. Like, mostly kids are, they're, they're forgiving. Yeah. The adults are not. <laughs> yeah. They're just looking at me like, look at this stupid fucking kid. Yeah. Did my first set, and I just ran off stage. I was like, I can't do it anymore. Shit. And then so how long before you went back after that? I went back to Austin. I stayed over there for about two years, and I came back. And like three years ago, I think it was March, I came on stage again. I got a job. I said, fuck it. It's time. I got up on stage, and I performed. Yeah. And ever since then, I did. And then Ruben, actually, the manager of the comedy club, Gained my first hosting spot for the open mic. Oh, wow. I took it, man. I was like, hell yeah. I was nervous at first, but, you know, rest is history, dude. Hosting has to be rough, man. Like, you have to, like, run that whole show pretty much. You, I mean, because usually if you sign up for the open mic, you just have the five minutes to three minutes, the seven yeah. minutes, whatever. But to host, I mean, you got to go back on and feel the vibe of the room. Like, do they need me to say anything else? Or yeah. do I just bring on the next person and shit? It's a thankless job, brother. It is, dude. Like, for real, you, you are right. We're... How, okay, so somebody had described uh, to me as hosting to them is like you being a cheerleader, basically, for the rest of the show. Pretty much. You got to keep it up. Mm-hmm. You're the punching bag, dude. You have to be, though. Yeah. See, I'm high energy, so it, it kind of like, I, I guess it kind of works a little bit. Like, you, you have to kind of, what's up, guys? Yeah, yeah. we're going to do this. Yeah, I have to be all over the place. Yeah, okay, let's start this <laughs> show now. All right, we're having fun. Yeah. You just They're just throwing beer bottles at you, but you got to introduce the talent now. They don't get that rough, do they? Nah, they don't. Oh, <laughs> like shit. They, you, uh, the listeners at home, they're like, what the fuck? I'm going to go to a comedy club now. That sounds horrible. It sounds it fucking like, dangerous. <laughs> it's like that scene from Blues Brothers yeah. where they're behind the chicken wire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what the comedy club is, folks. It's a chicken wire <laughs> gate. <laughs> 
Bring your tomatoes. Bring your bottles. So it's kind of different because Laugh Out Loud, I kind of like got the hosting week and I was like, oh, hell yeah, I'm doing this. And I, I, I thought I did it right. And so I went to River Center, uh-huh. right? And turns out I wasn't as energetic. I was supposed to be like, what's up? Like, like a big ass cheerleader, basically. Yeah. And I can't really jump up and down because the whole stage will fucking collapse, dude. <laughs> But yeah, that, that's what it is. It's just a thankless shot, but I like it. I mean, I know it's a, it's a stepping stone for the right direction where I want to go, so. Yeah. And that, that's what you got to do. Plus, it, it helps a little bit. Only thing is, you got to be clean. And that's so hard for me to be, just to be clean a little bit, you know? Yeah. Because you find yourself going, ah, fuck. What did I say? I mean, I mean, ah, shit. I mean, ah, fuck. It could be like a crutch, like a little handicap type of thing, you know, like. Fucking shit, you know, like the the the, the dirty of the jokes, you know, those get laughs, right. you know. So they tell you you have to keep it clean. Like, okay. what what's clean? Like, just no cussing or just like the subject matter? I mean, yeah, uh, no, no cussing, and yeah, subject matter is a big thing. Like, there's no you know, no fluids in there, you know, no uh, no dick, yeah, no, just penis. Yeah, <laughs> the technical scientific <laughs> words for things. Keep everything clinical. Yeah, clinical. Let me see. So so fuck will be ah intercourse. <laughs> Or shit, be like, ah, feces, god dang it. So have you ever, like, they told you you, you can't do this anymore because you got dirty, or they just told you, like, you need to clean it up? Yeah, the, the first initial time, I, I was mostly clean before, and you know, I really didn't say that much shit, fuck, 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 shit. But it's like, yeah. some of the content matter I had, like, I had this one joke about a, uh, <laughs> a vegetable being in place. Okay, it's like a, the, the eggplant from the text. Oh, yeah, yeah. I said, why is it purple like that? Like, what the hell? How is that represented <laughs> as my dick, you know? <laughs> Like, I told the audience, I was like, sir, right here, <laughs> it's a vegetable, right? Maybe that's how vegan dick looks. Like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and then Scott actually told me, hey, you bad. You can't say that shit. I'm like, oh, okay, my bad, dude. So I had to, like, clean it up a little bit more, say penis more instead of dick. Yeah. And now, um, yeah, now it's getting crazy now because I got it. Like, it, it's just, it's hard to get a handle since I'm doing new jokes, like, new jokes that I feel like it's close to me. Uh-huh. There's so many cuss words in there. You know how you write it out? You're like, dude, this is I can't do this set. Yeah. You gotta take out all the words. But it does you are right. It does make you like a it's it's a crutch. It does make you a better writer. Yeah. Yeah. So what is your your writing process? Do you do like a lot of freestyle? Do you just have subjects that you want to touch on or do you actually write everything out like long form? Honestly, I'm trying to work on like on my life first, you know what I'm saying? Before I can go on to because I'm not I'm not really political. Yeah. You know, I don't really watch that much politics. In fact, I would rather watch cartoons than, than politics. So Yeah, man, I'm fine with that. Like I I'm an idiot when it comes to shit. Like cuz I don't one, I don't give a fuck, and two, <laughs> like it doesn't directly I, I mean, and maybe I'm wrong, but it doesn't directly affect me. Yeah. Yet. So I'm not really invested in anything like in, in it, you know? Yeah, because they're not calling us and saying, hey, what's your opinion on this thing? They're not calling us. They don't care what we yeah. think. Or like, I'm not going to, they're not going to kick me out any, anywhere, you know? I'm not, they're not going to take my job away. As, as long like as it doesn't fuck up my career or my life at the moment, I really don't give a crap. In fact, I feel bad about this. I don't vote at all because I'm not going to get blamed for well, the decision should, I make. You should still vote though, but I mean, I don't know. But I, I see a lot of people that like invest their time in it, like read all the papers and all that stuff, and they they're so fucking angry. Yeah, they're so fucking miserable. And then I hate people like on Facebook that just they don't even write about themselves anymore. There's two types of people that I fucking can't stand on Facebook. It's people that go like uh, lunchtime and they post <laughs> that. Like that's like their status. It's like oh, it's lunchtime, doing laundry now. And then there's people that just nonstop share like bullshit news articles just to piss off one side or the other. 
And I'm just like, I, I hate having that on my fucking timeline. Th- those are your two? My, mine is, or people po- post their, their, their drama on Facebook. Yeah. Like, I had to, like, unfollow so many girls because I have this whole long paragraph of, so my, girl, my boyfriend did this. I'm like, I'm bored. I can't do this anymore. I'm reading a book here. Yeah, people like to put their drama on there, and then they go like, oh, people need to mind their own business. It's like, well, you're fucking putting your business to all your, your fucking friends and oh, yeah. all that shit. But- In fact, there's this one post, right? I have one of friends. I don't know what the fuck happened to her, you know, something about CPS and her kid and shit like that. Yeah. And then I just I just like reading the comments to this shit because people people like to put their two cents in, and it's funny to hear like them going back and forth, back and forth. Like, you don't know my life. Yeah. She obviously does because he posted it up on Facebook. Yeah. She pretty much has your book. <laughs> you know, shit like that. Like, bitch, I don't want to read the autobiography. Just just give me your number and a cup of coffee. Come on. Yeah. So I guess there's more than two because now that, now that you got me rolling on that. So another thing that I hate is when like people are like so like uh, they're trying to call somebody out, but they won't. Like put put their name, or they won't say exactly who they're talking about. They just talk vague, or they like put like you know like going through so much shit right now, or on our way to the emergency room. And so like, the, what the fuck happened? Like, are you dying? <laughs> you know? God damn it! I hate that All the, crap. The, the vague shit, just so people keep like get more interested. Like, hold on, the, know, the calling out, like as in they they talk about somebody and then like yeah. they're not redirecting about somebody and yeah. then somebody kind of goes into the comments like are you talking about me yeah. and then they'll have an argument and like no it's not about you it's about stop making it about yourself i just yeah. love these comments they like when they fun. when they end it with like and you know who you are you know like they put the whole story like this that the other and i don't need to call them out or i need to like you know tag them or anything cuz they know who they are no, they don't. You know, obviously they don't because now everybody, everybody in our friends just thinks you're talking shit about them. Yeah, and makes you an asshole too. What the hell? Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot I don't like about Facebook. But anyway. I fucking hate that. How do you get on fucking Facebook? What? what I don't know. I, I mean, honestly, the only reason why I had Facebook is because it's such a big networking tool. Apparently, that's the yeah. only reason why I got this shit, dude. Yeah. I hardly post on that. I just post stupid shit. I do a lot of jokes, uh, but it is fun when you do p- piss off people. <laughs> Like the other day, and I hope that, they're probably not listening, but the other day I put a... Uh, they probably are just hating you right now. Probably. It's fine. But uh, I put this stupid joke about like how, uh, you know how you, when you like something, you could heart it or ha-ha or angry face or whatever right, the fuck. Or crying face. Yeah. Like so yeah. There, there was this guy that, I, that we're friends. I really don't know him that well, whatever, yeah. but he put it in something funny. So I meant, meant to reply as ha-ha, but I put love. I put the heart emoji. So I... Oh, shit. I had like a little like, oh shit, like I hope you don't think I'm loving this guy, like loving his comment, you know, whatever this stuff. So I had a little panic attack, which is so fucking like not manly at all right. to have a panic attack about a social media fucking thing. Were you planning on messaging him? Like, look, bro. No, this, well, is, I mean, not, this is not what I feel about you, you at all. You, yeah, it's not, it's not that serious. It's not, it's not you, it's me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're not there yet. I'm not, I'm not loving anything about you. But, uh, but you could change it. You could go back and change it real quick. Right. And I think my, my finger just slipped. You know, I was walking my wife's dog, and he pulled. So I, like, I accidentally hardened instead of ha-ha. Anyway. Honest mistake. Honest mistake. Yeah, but I did have like a little minor panic attack. Right, right, right. So I was like, that's funny. You have like, like a, you feel like a teenager? Like, what? Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. I got I to gotta delete yeah. this. Uh, so I, I posted something about that. I was like, oh, I, I accidentally loved instead of ha-ha, uh, almost so, somewhat friend. Uh, post and had a panic attack not a very manly thing my father must be spinning in his grave well my dad's not dead as far as I know but you know 
I, somebody on his side of the family decided to reach out to me. Well, I guess my, my family too, you know, yeah. whatever. And it was just an innocent joke. My mom liked it. Uh, but, uh, but they were like, just so you know, your father is very much alive. And if he read this, it, you know, it hurt his feelings. It was a joke. It was right. just a joke, you know. I haven't seen the guy in like 15 years, 10 oh, years. Oh, yeah, you have more than enough time to talk about him. Yeah, that's it. But for all I know, he could be dead. And it's funny, you know. <laughs> That he'd be like so disappointed in his son for in his invisible having, grave. and having a panic attack about fucking Facebook. God, it was, it was all a stupid joke. So it is fun to piss people <laughs> off. I, I didn't do it intentionally. It was it was just a funny little. Wait, wait hold thing. on. What, what did your family members say? They're like, "What the hell? You're not supposed yeah, to be doing that." They were upset about it. You know, they thought I was being disrespectful. Which, okay, granted, but not, there wasn't any reason for them to get upset. There about wasn't it any malice in there. Yeah, yeah. like. If I haven't talked to this person in whatever long, and you're, you're, this is what you're gonna re- reach out to me about, you know, you didn't tell me happy birthday, you didn't say happy, you know, Merry Christmas, nothing like that. Like, I didn't even know that they were my Facebook friend until I got that message. Uh, but when I say Happy Death Day, automatically you're on my ass, yeah, right? No, I'm the asshole and shit. <laughs> I kind of want to see the, that message. Well, okay, did you like reach back or you just oh fuck that? Man. Nah, nah. nah. You didn't text back. Nah. I just thought it was. I thought it was funny. That's really funny, dude. Everyone. So I had the same experience happen to me just because uh, my car got repoed recently, right? Yeah. And I was at a friend's house, and they were helping out write the jokes about the repo. One of them was I put it on Facebook. It was uh, <laughs> I was like, uh, God damn it! I had a bad week. I was planning on uh, my suicide by carbon monoxide poisoning. <laughs> then my car got repoed. <laughs> dude, automatically my family was like, you're in a safe place. <laughs> it's okay to be scared. Yeah. In this world, I'm like, oh, get the fuck out of here, Dr. Phil. I'm not yeah. going to hear this shit. Yeah, man. Some people don't, they don't understand uh, what jokes are, you know? Some people don't get that there's humor behind it, you know? Some do. Some, some, some recognize it. Others are like, I don't know what the hell, man. Yeah. What thought process? Because I don't know... If it's me being a comic, but when you look at something, you're like, oh, that's a joke. That's funny as hell. Yeah. Other people, I think, would look at that same exact thing, but yeah. people read a lot of shit di- differently. Yeah. Like, oh, God, is this, does this message know I'm suicidal? Because I am a little bit, but <laughs> I'm slowly <laughs> killing myself with tacos at the moment. Yeah. That's fine, man. I mean, like, we're all going to die. We're, we're, everybody's a little depressed. It's fine. It's not a big deal. Hey, we, we, <laughs> wouldn't, we wouldn't be in this line of work if we, <laughs> we weren't a little bit depressed. Oh, uh, shit. We went on a fucking tangent on that shit. Hell yeah, man. Uh, so let's bring it back. So uh, the few times that I've seen you do open mics, I don't know if you, like, if you have a different approach. Well, obviously, you, I'm, I'm assuming you do have a different approach from open mics to right. when you actually do like, paid gigs and all that shit. So I noticed that you like to do like, a lot of like, imitations and all that stuff. Right. Do like, little silly stuff things. Do you, do you have like, your own like, personal character, or do you ha- are you just working on... like? familiar in- intimidations honestly i'm working on different characters here and there one of them was uh, i did this stupid little character from austin he's called the reverend sativa i'm doing like a southern preacher kind of guy the like, reverend sativa oh man <laughs> welcome my congregation to the, to the church of mary jane to the cloud my congregation to the cloud turn your hemp bibles to page 420 <laughs> and i know that they all are labeled 420 but just turn to the first page thank you so much <laughs> Just stuff like that, you know. Yeah. I like doing a lot of accents. Like, hello, my name is Drupal Andre Blues. <laughs> <laughs> there's no I and we, comrade. Uh, there's a, uh, oh, top of the morning to you. My name's Seamus O'Malley. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Shit like that, man. So, that, I mean, that, that kind of like goes with the, the whole sketch comedy thing. Like, right. you're, you're being a character, you're playing a character and all that stuff. Right. So, when you're, when you're working on your, your stand-up set, you do a lot of those silly characters and all that stuff? 
see, I used to do that a lot of my stand-up back, but honestly, uh, I'm trying to work on the, the structure of my jokes little by little. But then okay. I'll integrate like the, the voices in. Uh-huh. But for right now, I am doing a lot of voices. Like this is a lot. The, I'm doing research on the voices, which is basically me in my underwear watching Netflix 24 hours a day. Yeah. And <laughs> just recording. See, do I sound like that? Do yeah. Like that? Oh man. <laughs> Are you spying on me? No, I, was just, uh, I assume. I'm I scared assume. now. I'm scared. <laughs> I picked it up exactly. What, what cartoon character, Patrick, did I have on my underwear that... <laughs> <laughs> on your underwear? <laughs> oh, shit. I had Kermit the Frog. <laughs> my underwears were a little bit froggy. <laughs> and so were you always like playing like, like with imitations? Did you always do that stuff or oh, you just found out like... By accident. Honestly, I I found out by accident that I was doing the imitation because I used to like my grand my grandpa and my grandma had always collected these like old records and one of them was uh I'm gonna tell you this my first impression was like an old 1930s comedian Jimmy Durante. Mm. Ha cha cha. Oh okay. I'm yeah. the great Schnazzola. All right, kid. And I did like in my first comic, uh, my first uh, uh, op- uh not open mic, uh, but talent show at uh-huh. the at the elementary school. And I did it. And like I was wearing a suit, a hat. I did these old jokes. Like I I looked at that dame and I said ha cha cha. They call me the great Schnazzola. <laughs> and like the oldest teacher in the room was laughing her ass off. Like, ah! <laughs> I was like, I got you, old girl. I got you. But the rest were nothing. And she told me it was an impression. Yeah. I just did an impression. Yeah. That was my first impression. That was crazy. Yeah. So I used to do that. I used to practice from the mirror first, which is making fun of my grandpa all the time. Mm. Ay, <laughs> I'll fix your car for two gallons of milk, mijo. <laughs> what? Oh, oh, no, no, no. Ay, you ate my tacos. <laughs> what did you think about that impression? Uh, I love that impression, actually. <laughs> I loved it, dude. It's funny yeah. as hell. Because I used to do it. I used to do it in front of my grandma and my mom and my and my my stepdad. I used to do it. Yeah. And when my grandpa came in, I would have to stop. Like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna kick my ass. <laughs> but he was cool with it. He liked it, man. I did it in front. I I he man. He, uh, my grandma and my grandpa were drunk one time, and my grandma fucking let it slip. Yeah. Oh, he has an impression of you. Are you serious? Are you really stitching me out right now? <laughs> no, no, no. I- do it. I want to. I want to hear it. Do it. <laughs> and I did it. I was like, oh crap. Yeah. He was. He was laughing. I was like, okay, that's great. So he thought it was funny. He thought it was hilarious. But yeah, I used to. Uh, it was that, and I used to do like a lot of cartoon voices too. Yeah. You know, like, oh, how you doing? My name's Huckleberry Fan. All right. Yeah. Or Huckleberry Dog. Yeah. Something like that. Just uh, that 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 little stupid car. You know, that the, the little. How you doing? <laughs> Let me see. Oh, Shaggy, obviously from Scooby Doo. Like Scoop, there's the Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah, Ruby Doo. That's funny, man. Uh, so, is that what you're focusing on? Like, when you write, do you have like characters that you want to do, or you, like you said, you were focusing on jokes mainly? But jokes mainly. You throw it in. You throw it in there. Oh hell yeah, do I have to? Like, I'm talking about me uh, <laughs> getting in trouble from my old job actually, because I used, always used to do uh, Family Guy voices. Hi, welcome to uh, the call center. My name is uh, Peter Griffin. <laughs> All right, Clash. Uh, okay, hold on. Uh, I'm trying to hook up your internet here. Oh, yeah, you're talking about my mom? Well, my mom at least doesn't wear high heels and strikes oil. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid shit like that. And you got in trouble for that? Yeah, I got in trouble for that. Because well, yeah. I broke character because this girl... Okay, so this this old lady answered the phone, and I was doing that Peter Griffin impression, like, "Oh yeah, 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 no problem, I'll help you out." And she had the same fucking accent, <sighs> like, "Oh my god, are you from Texas?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah, we're from Texas. Where are you from? Oh, from from Rhode Island. Oh my god, I love Rhode Island. Which one is that, honey? We got someone from Rhode Island too." And she brings her husband on the phone. Oh, and they're just shit. having a full blown conversation. I'm googling this shit. I have no idea about Rhode Island. Yeah. They're asking me all this shit, like, "Oh, where'd you?" 
where'd you come from? Cohog? Uh, oh, where's that by? Pawnee or 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 uh, whatever the fuck kind of town it was. And I didn't know. I just kept googling and googling, googling, googling. <laughs> Finally, like you couldn't just hang up. I like, couldn't bell on that, dude. No, they got. <laughs> that's how you get in trouble, man. I was already getting in trouble for the fucking voices too. Well, yeah, man. And I was on Google. And I was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. And then finally, I broke character. Like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. I, I know that, ma'am. I'm just gonna be level with you. I don't. I don't know about Quahog. I'm so sorry about that. I have no idea about Rhode Island. You have yourself a nice day. It's <laughs> like, what the fuck did I do? And they, you got fired for that? Nah, I got fired because I was talking to this 90-year-old girl, and she was mean as hell. Like, the whole time we're arguing. Wait, a 90-year-old girl? A 90-year-old, sorry, woman. <laughs> woman. I have to call them girls because that makes them more, uh, oh, I'll give you a good review. You called me young. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Now, uh, honestly, I was gone on the phone, and we're going back and forth, back and forth, and then this, she was just making fun of me the whole fucking time. Like, I, besides being a loser... What else do you do? No shit. Yeah, and I told her, oh, well, <laughs> funny you should mention that. I unplugged the uh, the life support from the elderly, man. I hope I can meet you one day. <laughs> and then we were going back and forth, and then she says, hey, phone monkey, you forgot my Lifetime channel. I was Dang. like, ma'am, uh, <laughs> you should have got Lifetime a long time ago, ma'am. That's too late for you, but I do hear you wheezing. Can I recommend <laughs> the Oxygen Network? Yeah, man, that, that's, that's going to get you in trouble. That is gonna, like that. I was on this call for an hour and a half. She had no idea what she was doing, dude. Yeah. An hour and a half. I, had, I was like, I'm done. I'm done with this call already. I'm done with this job already. I was been there for three years, and it was just boring to me. Yeah. That sucks, man. Yeah, man. Day jobs suck. <laughs> Day jobs do suck, dude. Fine. But, I mean, I guess you were trying to make it interesting for you, and you got in trouble for that. That's all I try to do, man. You got to make the job interesting, right? Yeah. You, got, you have to, or, or else you'll be bored all the fucking time. You'll be like everybody else. I don't want to do the same shit over and over and over and over again, dude. Yeah. I can't do it. <laughs> so w- when you write now, when you're working on jokes now, like, do you use stuff from, from work? You talk about your work, your job, you get in trouble and all that stuff. All the time, man. Like, you, you use everything, like all, like, all your life experiences, and you try to fucking make a joke out of them. Hell yeah, dude. There's this... Uh, when I was first starting out, the first piece of advice I got was uh, write about your whole life. On like, not even making jokes, just write about yeah. your how life experiences, what happened to you, yeah. uh, what didn't happen to you, what you wish for. You know about that awkward first date, something you never told anybody. You just keep writing and writing and writing. Mm-hmm. And you just fold it and then put it into like a drawer and then close it. Then come back for about five days and mm-hmm. then read it again. Mm-hmm. You'll find the funny about your life, dude. That's how. That's my writing process. Yeah. Just write about the life and then try to exaggerate to make the funny. Oh, all the time. Yeah, I was at a call center and then a balloon popped in and there was dragons and hookers and blood. <laughs> See, I just made the job interesting, right? Yeah. I was trying to figure out what was going on there. I was like, what the fuck? Can uh, I go apply? <laughs> I want hookers and blow. <laughs> uh, so a lot of people, they go up and they, they take themselves like a little too serious. You know, even though they're up there for, for comedy to be a comedian and all that stuff. They take themselves a little bit too serious, though. Yeah. You kind of go the opposite way, though. You'd like to be, like, silly. You find you you find comfort in, like, silly characters. You find comfort in silliness and all that stuff. <laughs> to, uh, in order not to be myself, I will definitely do all that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I like doing it. Yeah, I find comfort in it. Because, hey, I'm at a party, and you make people laugh, and that you're the life of the party, right? Yeah. Think You just transfer that on stage. I like to be the life of the party in the room. That's what I do. Yeah. I like to gauge people. I like to bring them in. I like to make them part of the show. Are you still trying to figure out the balance of, like, what is too silly? Like, because sometimes you could alienate people, and sometimes you, like, you know, you bring them in, like, it's, there's, there's modesty and silliness. Right. So they connect with you. They're not, like, you're not against them. They're just, you're just a funny guy in the room. Honestly, yeah. I, I have run into that problem. Like, I, 
I was too loud, and I think I scared some of the audience members when I got on stage because I'm very larger, larger than life when I go on. So I'm like, what's up, guys? We're going to laugh out loud comedy. Come on. I'm just yelling. Yeah. Like The people are not having it. They are not laughing at all. I'm like, okay, cool. And I got off stage. I was like, what the hell happened? And I asked one girl from the audience. I was like, hey, what did you find weird about my act? She goes, to be honest with you, you're a little too loud. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So up to the point where they couldn't hear me on the mic and my shit was muffled. I think that's what happened. So oh, I, had, yeah. I learned how like to, to control it, like reel it in a little bit, not be too loud, but still c- keep my same integrity, you know? Uh-huh. I have to I have to be silly. I have to be myself on stage. So with you, since you're like more animated and stuff, like a lot of people like to record their sets like like on their phones and stuff. Do you record like what, like video of yeah, your sets all the just time. to see like how you're reacting, like what kind of movements are, like people are reacted to? I used to do I used to do only voice, but now I'm trying to work on facial expressions of myself. Yeah, you know? like just try to what do the audience perceive my facial expressions as and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm trying to like I'm trying to take a page. I actually got the autobiography of Jackie Gleason and the Marx Brothers, and I'm watching all their shit because they had good facial features, and that's what I'm trying to record myself too. See if I can capture that a little bit you know yeah because sometimes you can tell a whole story from a face you know yeah even even without saying anything you can raise an eyebrow you can wiggle your ears and it'll still be funny that's what i'm trying to capture a little bit that's so funny dude for a young guy because you're fairly young right what you're mid-20s 23 23 shit you're fucking young yeah but all your influences are people that you look towards like jackie gleason or you know belushi Mm -hmm. you know you you do like the old school guys dude oh yeah that's so crazy because Okay, look at them, how they were back in the day, and look at them now, man. You yeah. know? So, so well, you, stand-up you can't. Com- <laughs> you can't. Some stand-up comedians stand on stage like, hi, my name is this, my name is that. Yeah. They can tell, they can tell a good joke. Yeah. It's like with me, but looking at people like Gleason, they can light up a room just by coming into the room. You know, yeah. That's what I want to capture, man. That's it. That's, they, were, they were the epitome of high energy, and that's what I want to kind of capture a little bit. Yeah. Man, I, I love like the Honeymooners and all that stuff. Oh, dude. I started watching the Honeymooners, actually. Yeah. You could, you could watch all of them on YouTube. They're I know. All on YouTube now. Did you know that there are only one season? I had yeah. no idea. I was like, why? Why did you continue it? There was only 30 episodes, yeah. He did the Seinfeld route. He was like, oh, I didn't want it to be too boring. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Yeah, I, I always like when I was a little kid because my my grandfather passed before I was born. Oh, I'm sorry, but, about that, brother. Oh, that's fine. But like all the pictures that he, they he had, like, and then I saw Jack, Jack Gleason on TV, and I always thought like my grandpa. When I from a young kid, I always thought my grandpa was Jackie Gleason because they had like they had the same look, you know, like husky, you know, all that stuff. Right. Uh, obviously, I realized it wasn't, but I always had like that connection to him. Like anytime I was like the honeymooners. Did you brag that your dad was Jackie Gleason? Because I'd be cool as shit. Nah, nah. Guess what, nah. guys? My grandpa's Jackie Gleason. Nah, I never told anybody. I mean, I, I told my mom later on and stuff, and she's like, "Yeah, I, I, I see it. You know, yeah. they had similar in their, their manner, mannerisms and all that stuff." Uh, I gotta meet your dad now, man. It's cool enough. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's so crazy. How like because like if. Kids, you know, not kids, but like 23, 22, you know, 25-ish, you ask them what their influences are, and they'll say modern influences, you know, whatever's like hot then and there. Right. But you go old school, man. I feel like, oh, because I, man, I, I got to owe it to my grandparents. They showed me all this thing, man. Especially yeah. like MeTV, Gilligan's Island, all that kind of stuff. I watched this, man. Yeah. That's how I picked it up. Yeah. And they were so, they were genius. They were real genius, and I'm, I'm glad I kind of grew up with my grandparents because I would never have discovered that, you know? Yeah. Which is awesome. Like, I can spend hours watching The Honeymooners, honestly. Yeah, man. Well, it'll only take, uh, yeah, like was, 24 hours, 30 like 20, hours. 24 hours, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you could watch them all on YouTube. Sometimes I, I do that at work. I'm not supposed to, but 
I'll just watch Honeymooners all, all day. What do you work at, man? Uh, well, I don't want to say. Oh, but, sure. uh, I'll tell you later. Yeah, yeah, because sure. uh, sometimes I talk shit about my job, so I don't want to <laughs> call them out. But uh, just, we'll just call it McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, I work at McDonald's. Uh, but that's good, man. So when you work on like, I mean, your stand-up, your character, whatever. But so when you work on it, like all your influences are like the old school guys, mm-hmm. like stuff like that. Yeah. Has anybody figured it out? But without you telling them. Yeah, actually, uh, a couple of people actually, and that was uh, Ruben from the Comedy Club, which is like a dad to me. He oh, discovered yeah. that first. He discovered my look. He's yeah. Like, Belushi, right? What? You like Belushi? I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> I love Belushi. How do you know? Yeah. Uh, a couple of other people guessed it, but I, usually I would have to explain it to them too. Yeah. What my influences are. Yeah. And sometimes then, they're like, huh? Who's that? What the hell really? is that? Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't blame for that because the comedy is so busy. There's so many people, like, even 80s, 90s and all that stuff. Yeah. So, I mean. Yeah, I, comedy was, it blew up, man. Honestly, uh, I really respect the Honeymooners. And I, I watch the Honeymooners. And recently, I started getting into Sid Caesar because of the whole facial features thing and mm-hmm. stuff like that, too. Yeah. So, from, from Jackie Cleason, I've just branched down to, like, studying all these old school cats in comedy, man. Like, Carl Reiner. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Or you listen, like, you get those old roast tapes, like, uh, you know, Rat Pack and all yeah. that shit. Did you know Jackie Gleason was actually roasted Dean Martin, too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had no idea about that. Yeah. I was saying up late at night, you know those, those, those old... Those infomercials and all that shit, yeah. Never order them, but I would like to see them, but yeah. I don't want to order it, you know, because... Oh, nobody wants to order that shit. You will come... Because all the best stuff is in that commercial. You get all that, like, all the garbage material when you order the, the, the full CD set or whatever. Sometimes you don't even get it, too. <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh bullshit, man! <laughs> Seriously, I wanted to get those that electronic back scratcher, and I ordered it, and I was like, "Oh, I'm excited about it! Oh, I'm excited about it!" Up to the point where I forgot it. Yeah, I was like, "Why am I so broke?" Oh yeah, I spent a hundred bucks on a back scratcher I didn't get. Yeah, man, I hate doing stuff online, especially if I'm, I'm gonna pay for it. You know, like my work, they do this uh, reward thing where they'll give you points. They don't give you money, but they'll give you points, so you can go online and you can order stuff. You could save it and get like gift cards and stuff, but I don't like saving shit. I don't know. Well, how now, to do save. you pay rent with these points? Like, <laughs> no, no, no. I get a bunch of DVDs and stuff. Oh, okay, okay. Just okay. order DVDs. But other than that, I hate ordering stuff online. I'm an impulse buyer. If yeah. I'm going to pay for something, if you're going to take my money for something, I want it now. That's me. So uh, I, I'll spend hours watching infomercials, but I never buy anything from infomercials. Yeah, I hate it when they like, oh, we're gonna. It's gonna take about 24 hours for it to leave your account. Not take it out right the fuck now. What the yeah. hell? Yeah. Like, what do you usually get? Just DVDs? Like, you like a lot, a lot of movies? Yeah, just, like, old DVDs. Like, I, I buy, like, like today I got uh, True, True Romance oh. and uh, American Me and Empire. They had a double feature shit. Nice. Now, I have owned these DVDs. This is, like, my fifth time owning them. I lose <laughs> shit. I lend shit out, and I never get it back. So I wind up... You don't, you don't, you don't track that shit down? Nah, man. I'm, I'm like Blockbuster. That's why they went out of business. It leaves my apartment and then like it never comes back. And then it'll, it'll be years, years. And I'm like, where's Clerks at? I know I had Clerks. Yeah. And I can't find it, so I got to buy it again. Oh, they do that shit on purpose, man. Probably, because they know I'm not going to remember. So they like kind of like, hey, I haven't, seen, uh, I haven't seen Drew for a while. Oh, my God. Since he, le- since he gave out Clerks, I haven't seen him. That's yeah. crazy. Did they just leave your life after a while? Probably, yeah. They leave a note? No, they just take off with it. So like True, True Romance I just got today, uh, and it's probably like the fifth time I own it. American Me is probably like the third time. Dude, you better fucking put some trackers on that thing. I know. Man. I should like write my name on it. But like nobody does DVDs anymore. Like I, like I buy DVDs, and I tell people, oh, I just got a DVD. Like, what, you can't Netflix it? But I like the physical thing. I like the. Yeah. I buy albums. I don't buy CDs because I don't have a CD player. But I buy albums. I yeah. buy DVDs. Uh, I like the physical th- feel of it and shit. Same. That's why I like books. I like books. They're like, hey, why don't you get Kindle? 
I don't want Kindle. I want a book. Yeah, man, I can't read off a of Kindle. I can't. Either. I had a Kindle. I had a Fire, but I, I do actual books. Uh, words are too small, right? Yeah, and it's just like it's just a bigger version of your phone. Like it's just like you're holding a big phone, and I just. I, yeah, I, a book's not supposed to have an app. What the? Yeah, you're not supposed to check Facebook on a book, you know. You can like do that too on the Kindle? Well, on the Fire. Oh, okay, okay, fire. okay, okay, okay. The old school, the, like the old original Kindles, it was just the, the, the gray and, and uh, the gray words. I mean, the gray and black words. Right, right, right. So that was just books. Right. But on the Kindle Fire, you could play Candy Crush, you could read books, you could do Facebook and all that shit. So hold on. So, so books, to you, are supposed to like distract you from Candy Crush. You're not supposed to have Candy Crush in a book. That's book's supposed to be the only thing. Like, and I'm ADHD, man. Like, I can't. Because <laughs> yeah. everybody's like, oh, you put on a you know, good record and you read a book. Like, no, man. I have to put on earplugs. I can't even hear street, street cars. Like, like, cars going by my window. Right. I'll get distracted. I'll be looking out like, where, where are they going? Yep. I need no distractions if I'm going to read a book. Yeah, that's so it takes me forever to read a book. It sucks. I hate it. Hold on, hold on. You have to have heavy-duty headphones though, right? Yeah, like the noise-canceling noise ones. <laughs> or I just get like those, those earplugs and just plug in my ears so I hear nothing. Oh, that's me with TV, dude. I'm ADHD with fucking TV. I'll be reading a book and somebody turns on a TV. I'm like, yeah. ah, fuck this book. <laughs> yeah. Usually I read it kind of quick. Uh, my kind of process for reading books is just it has to be quiet, like you said, and it has to, like no one has to be in the room. Like I will kick people out if I'm going to read a book. Like you can't fucking talk to me. You can't be cooking in here. Yeah. You can't be doing nothing. I'm trying to read over here, right? Yeah. Like I thought. Like I just I took a plane trip and I thought, oh, let me let me work on this book. But then you see people walking down the aisles and people like whatever. Do you want something to drink? You want some peanuts and all stuff? Like fuck. I guess I'm not going to read then. <laughs> But also, I have no problem just falling asleep on a plane. So, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do, right? You got to be feel relaxed. I don't know. Everybody says, oh, you don't have a book? You don't have a magazine? What are you going to do? I don't know. Go to sleep. Some fucking sleep, yeah. yeah. Makes the trip like go by quicker, right? Yeah, right. I you call wait, it, I call it fast travel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the new style. It's a new style called Re- fast traveling. Yeah. That's cool, man. What do you like to read? Uh, right now, I'm working on um, the murder machine. Oh. It's like old school, like uh, New York, New Jersey, gangster shit. No shit. Yeah, it's kind of like Goodfellas or no. Yeah, well, like a lot of stuff, like they, they, like it's real stories based off of real, real people and stuff. Right. So like all those gangster movies, like Sopranos and stuff, they all pulled from like different parts of this book. No shit. But I've been reading chapter one for almost a month already. Damn, that, bro, that's how bad it is. Because I'll get distracted or I'll get like, you know. I'll, you know, I'll read it to you. Let's do that. <laughs> and that's another thing. Like everybody's like, oh, do you like the the audio books? No, man, I can't. It doesn't go in. It doesn't compute. I okay, can't. Wait, wait, hold on. Like, what kind of audio books? Like, the dude's like, a long time ago. Yeah, where they read it to you. Nah, where man. Where they read it out to you. Yeah, I get the and heavy. People, people, people actually count that as re- reading a book. Like, no, it was read to you. You don't know exactly what happened. You're picking up little pieces here and there. You're cheating. I fell asleep a little bit. You're reading me a story. You're cheating. Uh, no, honestly, you got like, you got to have the badass kind of audiobook just because, uh, okay, I'm, I'm a big nerd. I'm an announcer right now. I like Star Trek, so I'll get the, the audiobooks of Star Trek. Yeah. And at first, yeah, I was doing the same thing. Oh, it's going to be boring. You're just going to read to yeah. me, like, hello, my name is da da da. Here's yeah. the audiobook all right here. A long time ago. Nah, they put ambient sounds in here. They put the whole, they put the oh, sound, really? sound. Yeah, they put the sound, the, yeah, the sound effects, dude. That's cool. That, yeah, it keeps you engaged. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm in my car. I'm like swerving through traffic. Like, I'm in space right now. I'm fucking <laughs> kicking ass. This is Invaders. I forget. I think it was a Seinfeld episode where George was trying to read a book, but he couldn't get it done. So he got the audio book on it. Yeah. And it's, it's his voice. <laughs> 
He's like, I can't listen to myself read a book. <laughs> I think it was Seinfeld. I don't know. I got I to fucking... I need to start I need to start with Seinfeld. I haven't really like paid attention to it, you know? Like like Gridley. Really, man? It's okay, great. Okay, look, Seinfeld to me is kind of like your best friend's kid. Like you've seen it a couple of times, but you don't really fucking pay attention to it, right? Nah, man. You, you, uh, Seinfeld's awesome. I got to watch... Yeah, I got to watch it. Now, he's a genius. You know... <laughs> Honestly, I'm trying. I have a list right now of like good writing episodes. First, uh, it's it's Golden Girls first, Seinfeld, yeah. Cheers, Frasier, and uh, there's this old one. Uh, shit. Oh. God damn. Sid Caesar's Variety Hour. That's what it was. What's that? I never heard of that one. It's like an old uh, 60s show. Oh, you know? yeah. It came out right after Honeymoon. Oh, not right after Honeymooners, but I think it was. Uh, Right after uh, Dick Van Dyke back in the sixties, mm. that was a variety show that had like bands and stuff like that. It's just yeah. like quick writing stuff like that. If you really pay attention to it, back then I don't know if you noticed. You know how now it's like set up punchline tag, mm-hmm. set up punchline tag. They did the same sheet, the same stuff. They had to like straight to the point. Mm-hmm. That's why I like I like straight to the point stuff. That's why I want to start doing it because I found myself doing. I don't know if you had the same problem too when you were writing. Mm. Wordiness, like you're too wordy on some jokes. You're like, ah, oh, crap, I gotta. Break yeah. this down a little bit more. I yeah. gotta, gotta tweak this a little bit more. And for that, that's a good, that's a good way to to to, to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm still I'm still new in this shit. I'm just open micer. I'll probably just be an open micer for a year or two. Uh, so just writing. I'm just writing a bunch of shit. And then right now, I'm just trying to get to the point where I, I heard this um, this Bernie Mac. Um, I I think he was doing like the Kings of Comedy thing. Right. Uh, and he just goes out there and he's like, I'm not afraid of you motherfuckers. I'm not afraid of y'all motherfuckers. That's all I want to get. That's what I'm looking for before I even start doing like finding out what, what, what my process is right. and all that stuff. I want to go up there and have that, that feeling like I'm not afraid of y'all motherfuckers. So I'm still working on that. You don't have the, co- I mean, you have the confidence. I've seen you go up there a couple of times before. It depends on the room. Okay. Like J&O's was easy. Right. To me. Uh, Martine Ranch was my first time going up, and that was okay. Oh shit! Uh, yeah, that, I mean that was. I mean that was. I felt good there. Right. Uh, I might go there this Sunday. Uh, they have another one that the PWA. They might be there. Yeah, so I'm yeah. gonna try to go up with that. The only problem with that one is they give you eight minutes, which is good though, right? Well, yeah, I don't. I don't have eight minutes, but uh, <laughs> but the, I have this one thing I'm gonna try. So I'm, I might go there Sunday, but uh, oh yeah, yeah, honestly. Big big advice that I had gotten for that. If you want to go ahead and fill in time, you know what, you know what pisses me off, hmm. and then just go on with it. F- finish the sentence. Oh, okay. You know what yeah. pisses me off? What's what's on my mind right now? Yeah. What's important to me? Some shit like that. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I'm still working on that, but I mean, I, I don't I don't go up go up as much as I would like. I don't go out as much as I would like. I mean, it uh, happens here. I mean, so life, trying, life, yeah. life is life. I'm trying to get into that, so it's fun though. I have yeah. a I have a blast doing it. Hell yeah, dude! It's a lot of fun. It's addicting, right? Too. It's very addicting. Cause see, my thing, I came from like a music background. Oh so shit! So I okay. spent I spent years years working on the craft of drums. Right. Right. Well, I didn't realize that there would be a time where I needed to actually just invest in my time and myself and all that stuff. Right. Because as a drummer, all you have to do you you have you need other people to do yeah. this. You know, and then when when other people's schedules gets all fucked up and shit, you can't do it without uh, them. You can't you can't do your craft without two, three, four other people. So that's why I had to find something that I could only like invest 
rely on myself. Yeah. You know. So you still doing drums, the whole drums thing? Nah, man. Nah. I, I miss it. I miss playing, but like living in an apartment, I don't have a place to play. I can't be loud here. Yeah. Uh, and I don't, I don't like holding on to stuff. I'm very minimal when it comes to stuff. If I'm not using it, I'll sell it. Like I, I invested in all this like music equipment. Oh, and bro, stuff. you sold the drum set? Yeah, man. Oh man, I do that all the time. Like, I I do that all the time. Like I don't, I don't like stuff being in the corner. I don't like having stuff in storage. You know, I can imagine. So yeah, uh, paying, so yeah, you're paying extra money that you don't really fucking need. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I've been looking at drum sets again. And uh, I might start doing that oh, again. Oh, shit. Comedy so I, drumming? Yeah, somebody else said that. You know, like, do your own drum roll or your, your rim clicks or whatever. Hell, yeah. You can you can make <laughs> your own punchlines. Yeah, but... Uh, no, you're not laughing. You're supposed to because I just, I just played the drums, motherfucker. I just gave you the notification to laugh. Uh, I gave you the cue cards, man. You're supposed to help me out here. Yeah, so it's 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 fun, man. I'm I'm, lear- I'm learning the process, and then doing this podcast. I mean, I've been meeting a lot of comedians and stuff, so that's oh, yeah. good. Uh, finding out about their process, how they go about writing. Right. Uh, so I'm I'm studying it. I'm a student of it. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I re- I'm re- still learning. Too. I respect it. You know, I respect the people that go up there and like just talk shit. No, absolutely, dude. Uh, oh man, they're 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 crafted it. Like I really respect a couple of comics that have. Like just just talent, just to go up there and yeah. just talk, and yeah. it's funny. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's, just, it's a like perfect example. Jay Lafar, uh-huh. obviously, he went up there one one night. He wasn't even trying to. He was just talking, and people yeah. fucking worshipped him. Yeah, that's how I want to be, man. I saw him do a set at the Texan. Uh, you know how Ben Davis does those those shows at the right. Texan, and. Uh, all he was does he was just fucking with the crowd. He was like talking to people walking in and out, you know, like get the fuck out of here, you know. <laughs> no, I wasn't talking to you. I'd fuck you and all this stuff. Like just like riffing on the fucking crowd. That scares the shit out of me. Like I like when I go, I, I don't want to see anybody. At all? I want the light to be as bright as possible so I don't see what's going on out there, all that stuff. People that could actually engage with the crowd, that's that's beyond like just stand up. That's a different level of, of craft. Talent, just on top of the head, kind of thing. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like, uh, you yeah, big Jay Okerson. Oh, hell he yeah. has albums. It's just crowd work. Just all crowd work, dude. I saw him here when he came to LOL, and oh, uh, how would he do? Fucking killed, man. Obviously, yeah, killed. Uh, and there was there wasn't that many people. It was like a Wednesday or Thursday. It was like his first first show. Oh, uh, dude, uh, yeah, he was there that week, whole week, right? That weekend, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, maybe twenty people, right? And, and LOL, but um, he was just riffing on people. He did like maybe two jokes about his his daughter, about his own self and stuff. But for the most part, it was just riffing on people in the room. That kind of makes me nervous too, honestly. Oh yeah, dude. Like, yeah. how do you how do you fucking do that? Like, uh, how do you, how do you like bring them in, engage with them, kind of talk shit about them a little bit to the point where like they they know that you're just playing, they know that you're not you know well, kinda, attacking them it's or whatever. Kind of like a double edged sword, just because I've been here, I've been getting advice like, okay. Crowd work is when you don't really have your own set of jokes. Yeah. You know, when you have your own jokes, there's no reason to do crowd work. But again, it is an art of just being able to like pick and choose from the crowd and yeah. it just kills, you know? Yeah. But you get, it, I feel like it's like a 50 50 because if you say the wrong shit, the audience will turn on you like that, dude. Yeah. It's, it's a light switch out there. Yeah. In case you it haven't can, noticed, it can switch so fast it's just fast. with the wrong thing. Fast. Uh, but he, he did a pretty good show, man. He, he did, did man. Really good. Uh, he always does all the fucking time. Uh, so yeah, so locally or, or you know uh, nationally, whatever. Who are some of your favorites now? Oh, f- favorites now. Uh, let me see. Well, Jay Lafarf was one. Anthony Torino, awesome guy. Al Gonzalez was pretty good too. Mm-hmm. Let me see. Uh, oh, 
my big bro Debo, Clifton. That's my favorite local comics. Uh, mm. International comics. I got to say my, my favorite comic that really uh, sat down, talked to me, gave me a little uh, advice to was Mark Riccadonna. Mm. He's a writer for S- uh, Weekend Update, actually, for SNL. Oh, yeah. Yeah, cool dude. I, when Tommy Davidson came to town, I actually uh, worked with him. Mm. It was, he was a feature, and it was Tommy as a headliner. Mm-hmm. And that's Tommy Davidson, too. Remember I was telling you about the whole facial features thing? Mm-hmm. This dude's a master of it. That's from years of in living color. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, dude. That guy was crazy. The monster, right dude. Yeah. Monster. He's coming back, too. I think he's coming back to in living color. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, they're bringing a living cover back? I think so. Oh, shit. I'm excited about that. That's crazy. Same guys, same jokes, same sketches. Yeah. And I like that because um, I want to be on SNL, and uh, I, I was just asking him questions all the time because, hey, these guys have been in the business. They know the ins and outs of you know sketch comedy and stuff yeah. like that, and I feel like to be an accomplished writer, you can't really uh, you know stick on one subject. They can go on a whole broad number of subjects, and they can just make art with it you know mm-hmm. it's, it's just it's awesome just mm-hmm. looking at it it's just amazing to see yeah that's cool man yeah. uh so what do you got going on what do you got going on now what's coming up for you what do you want to promote let me see uh now what's going on is that november 8th i'm actually doing a showcase at san antonio college oh wow yeah on uh, november 14th i'm actually doing a show at fitzgerald's too uh-huh yeah it's just uh have another co- uh, comics up there plus it's gonna be a variety show it's gonna be bands and there's gonna be uh, comics too yeah yeah it's gonna be uh from Two to four. That's good, man. Yeah, and man. so uh, how do people find you online? How do people connect with you? Oh, it's going to be on Facebook, uh, Drew Blues. So that's one. And uh, Instagram is going to be Drew Blues 1024. And I'm also on Snapchat, too, which I don't really use Snapchat. You do Snapchat? I don't. I really don't. <laughs> I really fucking don't, dude. 